You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Doncic. Down to three seconds. Two seconds. Doncic for the win. Oh, yeah! Luka the dagger. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Audio Network. Follow us on Twitter at BetQL Daily, at BetQL Daily, BetQL and Radio.com have partnered up to help you beat the sports books. Use our promo code daily for 20% off any subscription. BetQL tells you which side professional bettors are picking, provides real-time line movement and historical betting results. Again, our promo code daily for 20% off any subscription. Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat with you live on the radio.com app, 1430 in Denver, 93.1 HD3 in Los Angeles as well. And now joining us, Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA on Twitter. Uh, does a great job covering the association. Find his work, Yahoo Sports and Real GM. Uh, Keith, let's start uh, with what we found out last night about the All-Star Reserves. We had the starters, but we got the info on uh, which, which which cities and which players can complain about being snubs. Uh, what what was your big takeaway there with the, the players that were named to reserves and those left on the outside looking in? Yeah, I think this was a tough year. I, I think for a lot of combination of factors, there were a lot of really deserving candidates, even more so than in usual uh, circumstances. But I think they did a pretty good job. There was no one that got on the team where I think anybody can look and say, really, that guy? Um, there were guys who, who missed out, but I think it was probably really close between them and the guys who did make it. So I have no real issue. One of the things that always has kind of bugged me with the All-Star process is whenever it comes out a lot of people like to yell and scream about all the snubs but no one ever tells you who should not be on the team um and that's kind of a rule i live by keith why does uh devin booker continue to get no respect and also i know it's a loaded question but should chris middleton be on the all-star team because i think there's a lot of debate about that yeah, as far as Chris Middleton, yeah, he was definitely a deserving guy. I think uh, he got caught up a little bit in the mix with um, is he a guard? Is he a front court player? Um, you know, that that becomes a little bit harder there. And that those were tough lines to crack in the Eastern Conference. And I think the coaches, as they look at it, they probably, you know, looked around and said, well, you know, we value what this guy's doing and what this guy's done. And, and maybe Middleton's been in a little bit of a slump over the last few weeks. So, so that might be something that kind of cost him. It's First, Devin Booker goes, that's the one that did kind of raise an eyebrow for me because I thought in many ways, not that Chris Paul's not deserving, but I thought Devin Booker might be more deserving. And what's funny is uh, Chris Paul very likely would have said, yeah, go instead of me. I'm sure Chris Paul, the last thing he wants to do is go play in another all-star game, uh, especially this uh, environment this year. So I'm sure he'd rather just have the time off. But 
you know, there's a good chance Devin Booker is going to get be the one who gets added if Anthony Davis is is removed from the team. But yeah, Booker's the guy I looked at and kind of said, boy, you know, he feels like the one guy that maybe was a major mess. Uh, this week, we've kind of been forced to talk about James Harden as an MVP candidate. And you look at the numbers, it's been amazing, but obviously KD is not out there right now. The numbers uh, will regress once KD's out there, so that's that's naturally going to happen. Uh, Triple-double last night, 29, 14, and 11. The man had 10 assists at halftime. But, but Keith, something I've been saying, and you'd have a better grasp on this, is that I, I just don't think the voters would put Harden in because they would include what he did with the Rockets or did not do and the way he treated his former team. Do you think voters would put, let's say, Harden as a top three guy in the MVP uh, with these numbers? Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think there's going to be definitely some held against him from how things played out in Houston. There's also going to be the factor of how, how do you, once they're all really rolling and in the second half and hopefully all healthy, how do you divvy up who's most responsible for the success of that Nets team? Because Kevin Durant, you know, deserving of, of some uh, attention and accolades there as well. And then it's going to be really hard to beat the, the kind of two stories that are coming to the forefront with MVP really strong. Or Joel Embiid is having an absolute monster season, kind of that season we've all been waiting for out of him. And then LeBron James is making one heck of a run at this thing. And it's going to be hard for uh, Harden to take enough attention away from those two guys while also uh, splitting with Durant Irving and factoring in the Houston stuff to be a real contender. Keith, what the uh, Nets are doing right now is really impressive, especially when you consider the fact that they're doing it without Kevin Durant on the floor. And last night, I feel like you saw it. They could make enough stops in the fourth quarter where I think it's going to be a really, they're going to be a really tough team to beat, obviously, in the playoffs. Can you see anybody in the East competing with the Nets? Is it Philadelphia? Is it maybe a team getting hot like Toronto or Miami? Who do you think could actually compete in a seven-game series with Brooklyn? when they're playing the way that they have, you know, when they're 12-2 and two against the top teams in the league? Yeah, I, I think there are teams that can compete with them, and it's for the, the reason about the defense. I just don't know that they can get enough um, stops uh, night to night in a seven game series that they're just going to blow people away. And, you know, that, that's not to say they, they, they at this point should – uh, be considered a disappointment if they're not in at least the Eastern Conference Finals and it's not a you know good long series where they have a real shot at winning. So I think what you're going to see, though, is teams like Milwaukee, they don't have a really good answer for Giannis. I mean, no, nobody does, but they really don't uh, of all the other contenders. I think uh, Philadelphia can cause them some problems with their size because they don't have anybody who can make lights off on Embiid as it stands right now. You know, Boston, Toronto, Miami, if one of those teams picks it up and gets going, if the Pacers ever get healthy, I think they could could be a kind of an interesting team. So I don't think it's going to be a walk by any means for the, for the Nets. But I also think the Nets aren't done. I think that roster is going to evolve over the next few weeks as we lead up to the trade deadline. I think there's going to be uh, more moves to come on the buyout market for them. And, and I think you're going to see a Brooklyn team that looks a little bit different. And if they get the right guys there, that may change my answer. With Keith Smith, uh, at Keith Smith, NBA on Twitter. You find his work, Yahoo Sports, Real GM. And Keith, you also uh, cover the Celtics for our audience here. And tonight, uh, both the Celtics and the Hawks 
back end of a back-to-back. We've got the Celtics favored by three and a half. Now they played earlier in this season twice, and they split that back to those back-to-back games. Uh, so how do you gauge tonight? Yeah, it's, I, I'm not entirely sure why Boston should be favored over just about anybody at this point. They are really struggling. They're, they're only, uh, you know, they're now actually a game under 500, which is an extreme disappointment for where this team was expected to be. There are reasons for that, but they're they're not uh, anything that anybody should be pointing to to say, well, you know, it's okay and explain it away. So with that one tonight, I, I think the question is who's going to be available for the Hawks. John Collins was out last night due to a concussion. I have not seen any update yet whether he's going to play on a back-to-back. We don't generally get those updates till later, a little bit later in the day uh, before the game. Um, so we don't know. We know Kemba Walker is not going to play for Boston. So it really just kind of comes down to if Boston can get – their defense at all engage and get enough stops. I think they can win that game because I don't know that Atlanta can slow down the Celtics, but right now Boston's playing such uneven basketball. It's hard to trust them in any way. Keith, what do you think the trade deadline is going to look like this season? Like, who do you think the biggest name is that's going to be moved here at the deadline? If any at all. Yeah, it's that if any at all question that's kind of still lingering out there. Our, our body clocks tell us it should be trade deadline time, right? And we, we should be engaged yeah. and right in the thick of things here. And But the reality is we're still, you know, about four weeks out uh, from the trade deadline. It's March 25th. So we've still got a ways to go to even get there. It's four, four weeks from uh, tomorrow, from Thursday. So what we're going to ultimately see is, I, I keep saying, give it about two more weeks, uh, get into that first part of March, and then we'll have a sense of who's out of it. You know, who has fallen out? You know, is the team like the Rockets who who are really struggled? Or are they looking at it and saying, all right, let's move Oladipo, let's move P.J. Tucker, let's see if we can do something for Gordon, um, a team like that. You know, are the Sacramento Kings willing to move guys like Harrison Barnes and, you know, some of their other uh, veteran players and say, all right, we're, we're just – it's not going to happen for us this year. Um, the challenge is there's so few teams that are out of it because of the advent of the play-in game. Uh, there's a lot of teams that are going to say, we only got to get to 10. And there's a lot of those teams that are historically at this point kind of saying, well, you know, this is probably not our year. Let's turn it around. They're looking at the standings saying, well, you know, we're only about two, three games out of that 10 spot. Let's stay in it, play meaningful games and make a real run at this. And that's going to make it difficult to really see um, where we're at as far as um, the trade deadline goes. So it's going to be one of those things that it's, it's just going to take at least a couple more weeks to really firm up. Keith, the story in the sports betting world today in the NBA is about this Lakers jazz matchup. And, and we all know what Utah has done. They've covered 19 of 20 or 20 of 21, depending how you look at it uh, with the closing number here. But all of a sudden Lakers scuffling without AD and Schroeder, but the jazz are favored by eight and a half tonight. What do you expect in this one? Yeah, I think there's a good chance the Jazz will cover that. They are playing just phenomenal basketball. It's even still, you know, with the fact that they they lost the other day, but they they just, I, I continue to tell people the Jazz more than any team in the league knows exactly who they are. They they know who their nine-man rotation is when they're all fully healthy. Those nine guys all come in and out of the game in the first and second half at roughly the same time, barring injury or foul trouble. Um, so they just go, they do their thing, they share the ball on offense, 
Their defense is built around funneling players to Rudy Gobert inside where he remains the league's preeminent uh, paint protector. So it really is is a team that I, I think they're playing really well. And for the Lakers right now, it's very much LeBron and Wolfie who steps up alongside him. That Lakers team, the worry that I had going into the season was they just didn't have a lot of depth. And, you know, people looked at it and said, well, you know, how much depth do you need when you have LeBron and AD? Well, when AD goes down, now you're seeing it. And the other challenge with Dennis Schroeder out is LeBron is uh, having to do so much for them to create all of their offense. You know he's going to do a lot of that. But now he's having to really kind of find everything for that team because they don't have that secondary ball handler and creator. And that's causing them a lot of problems. So I, I would look at the Jazz. You know, it's feeling pretty good tonight. You know, but in the long run, who knows? Well, we'll see. Let's get these teams healthy and see what it looks like in the postseason. Hey, Keith, real quick, in about 30 seconds, uh, who do you think's done the best job as far as coaching this year? Like when we look at these coach of the year futures, who do you think's been the best coach in the NBA this season? And Quinn Snyder's going to be right up there. The Jazz have been the best team yeah. in the league. So he's he's done quite well. Doc Rivers lifting Philadelphia kind of out of the middle of the pack of the good teams in the East into being a, a real, you know, contender in the Eastern conference is going to get a lot of love too. So I think those two guys are probably near the top of many lists uh, for how well they've done. At Keith Smith, NBA on Twitter, make sure you're following him. Check out his great work. Great job covering the association and the Celtics. We thank Keith Smith for his time this morning. Yes. Quinn Snyder, 25 to one Horvat. Oh. He's got it locked up. I think he's even money right now. Yeah, money with, with a lot of basketball left. All right, we're going to hit some golf and maybe some soccer with our guy Chris Felica. The Bear will be joining us next. You're locked into the BetQL Audio Network.